Starting a new series today called Red Light, Green Light. And the goal of this series is going to be to expose some habits that are stopping us from entering into the abundant life we've all been created for. The abundant life would be a green light, and the, the habits that we've picked up on the, along the way are red lights stopping us. Because we all have a destination we'd love to get to, but how or if we get there uh, is depends, dependent on how we move through life. So you have life and death are set before you. Red light, green light, red light, life, death. Choose one. No yellow, Simeon. I knew someone was going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. No yellow. Red or, I mean, we, I, I, could go, I could follow that, honestly, but I'm not going to. So red lights slow you down. You lose momentum. Green lights make it easier to get to your destination. It's easier, faster. I mean, um, did anyone try to get out on 45 yesterday? That was hell on earth right there. And, and so they closed off a big section out of 45, if you don't know. And so you try to avoid it, go down Research Forest through the, the woodlands. And Research Forest is awesome when you hit every green light. But it's like if you hit one red light, you hit them all. And it it's, makes life a little bit more difficult, especially if you're running late. But our goal is to experience green lights. That's God's will for our life is just to experience the green lights. And hopefully as we renew our minds to certain things, all we experience are green lights. And a lot of times I'll, I will focus on our identity, God's love for us, our identity in that love, everything that he's provided within us. And, and of course, I will talk about that. Uh, today, but I, I kind of want to, in some ways, take a negative approach this time. So rather than constantly building us up and saying, this is what you're capable of, this is what we can do, this is what life could look like, I want to uh, kind of expose the wounds a little bit, acknowledge the red lights in our life. And my goal with this is to touch on some nerves. So if I say something and, and you say, that's me, I admit it, this isn't a, a condemnation or a con condemning message. This is something of an acknowledging and then fixing and then moving on because some of our belief systems, some of our habits that we've picked up are just keeping us from moving forward at all or we're hitting our destination a lot slower than it needs to be. You're made on purpose for a purpose. That purpose is greatness, each and every one of us. Not just for the super duper Christians, but for each and every, we are all created with, with this ability to move through life and hit every green light. Amen. It sounds almost, it's like, almost, that sounds almost too good to be true. Well, that's the definition of the gospel, the good news, the almost too good to be true gospel. It's not just a feel good message, but we're created for this life. The journey through this life is the point, not to get to heaven someday, which all that's going to be great. But what about now? We, we're trying to get, go out there and get everyone saved and we have them say a prayer and then we, we're out of the picture and there's no discipleship, there's no relationship. And it's like, well, well what good is that? I need, I can't feed my family. I, my marriage is broken or I'm just not happy. There's no joy in my life. So let's focus on the now. The Bible talks a lot about living life to its fullest. I mean, we've, I've used this. It's funny, you, you can use one verse about a thousand times and it's like, man, it's just turn that diamond, right? You just see it a little bit differently and I got to do it. We're going to John 10, 10. The thief 
does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So the, real, the basic teaching behind this is, well, God's not behind your pain. God's not stealing, killing, and destroying. There's a thief that's stealing, killing, and destroying. And Jesus came to provide a new way of living, an abundant life. And that's exciting. So we got to quit blaming God for everything and say, you know what? God's not behind the pain. God's not behind the misery. God's not putting, stumbling, putting the stumbling blocks in our paths until we, we shape up and steward everything better. The, the, the stumbling blocks are put down by us. And if we can learn to, to renew our minds to what some of these things that Jesus provided, uh, what, it, what it all means, then we remove the stumbling blocks with him, with his help. So we, I have come, Jesus has come, that they may have life, just life. But there's a lot in that word life. In Greek, it's the word zoe, zoe. And the definition of it is the absolute fullness of life. The absolute fullness of life. I have come that they may have the absolute fullness of life. I mean, we could stop there. Life to its fullest and say, what does my life look like? Am I living life to its fullest? Is there more to what I'm experiencing right now? I would be willing to bet each one of us could say, yeah, I think there's more to what I'm experiencing now. But he doesn't stop with, I have given you, or that, that I've provided life, Zoe life. I have come that they may have life, but wait, there's more, and that they may have it more abundantly. I'm laying the green light right now. We'll get to the red light in a minute. But this is, this is what's available to us. And just being aware of what's available should spark something on the inside of us. Why am I living an eight to five? Why am I, why am I just going through the motions? Why am I getting up, going to work, exhausted from work to do anything in the evening, go, clean up, go to bed, and do it all again the next day? The rat race. Just living the American dream, right? Doing what they say is going to make me happy when what they say is supposed to bring happiness is destroying me. It's stealing from this abundant life that Jesus came to provide me. I love this in, in the Greek, that they may have it more abundantly in Greek is parisos or something. And the definition, in a sense of beyond, super abundant in quantity or superior in quality, excessive, exceedingly, abundantly, above, more abundantly, advantage, exceedingly, very high, beyond measure, more. I've practiced this word a lot this week, and I'm still going to get it wrong. <laughs> Superfluous. Did I do it? Hey, practice makes perfect. Superfluous. So because that was so difficult for me to even say, I had to look it up. The definition of superfluous is unnecessary, especially through being more than enough. So sometimes we want this why, like why would God want this for me? Why would he provide this green light, this avenue? 
Well, it's because you're his child. And there doesn't always have to be a reason. Sometimes he just wants to bless his kids. Sometimes this abundant life is just completely unnecessary. But because you are who he says you are, you are qualified for it. You are deserving of it. And we should be expectant of it. An unnecessarily blessed life. Isn't that amazing? Come on, come on. This is like, I don't even know what to say. This is, this is so huge, so amazing what Jesus has provided. And it's like, is my life reflecting this? Is the life that I'm experiencing right now reflective of this exceedingly, abundantly above, more abundantly, superfluous, unnecessarily, ridiculously blessed life. Not just in here, out here. All of it. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything you need within is there. And now as you understand what's within, you start to walk it out and you start to experience it on the outside. As he thinks in his heart, so is he out here. Not just feel good, although that's part of it, but this experiential, ridiculously amazing life. That's what you're put on this planet for. And we sang it, I'm going to mess, I don't remember the lyrics, the, the song that they sang this morning, but it's, we're, we're going to be so excited, so living this out. We're going to be dancing. If you ever see me dance, you know something big just happened because <laughs> that's not happening. An angel would have to like physically appear in front of me and say, dance. And I'd be like, all right, I guess I got to dance. But when we live this out, the world's going to see it. You become an advertisement of the kingdom. Right now, are Christians known as anything that I just said? I know I've said this before and we've heard it, but some of us would be, if we were arrested for being a Christian, there wouldn't be enough evidence to convict us. We're just as poor, sick, depressed, negative as the rest of the world. Only worse in some cases because whenever you're not living up to the life that you know you're capable of, now we throw condemnation on it because God's disappointed. So we're actually worse off in the church than some people out there that just have confidence in who they are. But we knowing or having confidence and knowing the source of that confidence, knowing the source of that power, should be, we should be passing the world by. We shouldn't look at the world with envy. The world should be looking at us with envy, wanting what we have, because we're living it. We're happy, full of joy, full of abundance in every area. Why? Just because. Does God need a reason to bless his kids? Do you need a reason to bless your kids? Sometimes you just bless your kids. Sometimes you just give them something. Sometimes you just spend time with them. Not because they deserve it, but because they're your kids. It's amazing. Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. If you can ask for it, he wants more for you. If you can think about it, he wants more for you, according to the power that works where? In us. We're working out our salvation, not working for it outside in, working it out. This, everything that we're talking about resides within you, in your spirit. You possess all of it. The kingdom of God is within you. 
And that's exciting. Am I experiencing the kingdom? No. That means I, I've put some red lights along the path. That means I've, God's provided a green light to move freely about the country. Where am I? Am I experiencing it? No. Maybe I'm experiencing it a little bit over here. But if you're experiencing it, that means you can ask for it. You can think about it. You can measure it. So that means there's even more there. So I'm not trying to assume that everyone in this room has this miserable, pathetic life. Everyone's poor and sick and depressed. Maybe some of you are doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. So if your starting place is, I'm doing pretty good, awesome. And if your starting place is, you know what, I am poor, sick, depressed, also awesome. Because we're all on this journey, and that's the point of this life. There's always going to be more to have. You can't measure infinity. There's always going to be something more. So you don't hit that point and say, I hit my goal, <sighs> kick your feet up, and now you just coast on out. No, you're either going up or you're going down. So let's continuously go up. Man, I was expecting a lot more from you. I'm very disappointed. The problem is, as an introvert myself, I've attracted a bunch of them. Who's an extrovert in here? Raise your hand. Two. <laughs> There's our problem. All right, well, you two need to help me out. The thing is, if I was sitting down there listening to one of you up here, I'd be doing exactly what all of you are doing. Where are we at? Jesus came so we could have the absolute fullness of life. But wait, there's more. How much more? Not just the absolute fullness of life, but just when you think it can't get any better, he has provided a life that's exceedingly, abundantly, beyond measure. More than enough unnecessarily more. We could just go home, man. But we're not. But it's incredible, isn't it? Now ask yourself, does my life reflect this? And if your starting place is pretty good, that's great. But the question isn't whether or not you have a good life. The question is, is there more to life? Because there's that, we, we just spent a lot of time the last few weeks talking about being content. This isn't being discontent. This isn't being upset with where you are. You, you're, we should be pretty, pretty happy with where we are if we're living from within. But always have that question, is there more than this? And the answer to that is yes. yes. There's more. There's always more. There's no limit to how good your life can be. So, red light, green light. God has given you a green light to step into something that's greater than you could ever imagine. Now we need to take care of some red lights. And again, my goal is to touch a nerve. Some of y'all are going to be upset. Don't be upset with me. Be upset with yourself. I don't think you even realize it sometimes. We're so, we're wanting to like build everything. It's like, oh, exceedingly, abundantly, more than I could ever ask or think. I have the kingdom of God. I'm righteous and holy and blameless and all this stuff is available to me. Amazing. But we're, 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 there's all these little things that we got to take care of. So rather than telling you how to live your best life today, I'm going to tell you how to live your worst life today. Can I get an amen? amen. 
And some of you are like, oh, man, I've, I'm doing that. That's great. That's not great. This is bad. That's bad stuff. Some of you are like, I could preach this message. Um, it starts, the kingdom of God starts with joy. Joy. This start, that's our starting place. Sometimes we're, we're aiming, we make that our goal, and that's our starting place. We make healing our goal, that's our starting place. Prosperity is our starting place. Why? Because you're meant for exceedingly, abundantly, more than you could ask or think. And if you're sick, you can't do it. If you're poor, you can't do it. If you're depressed, you can't do it. It's our starting place. We're given all this, these things through salvation, sozo, in order to step into that life. Don't stop short of the exceedingly abundantly more. Don't stop short. Healing is not your goal. Prosperity is not your goal. That's your starting place. Our starting place is victory. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's where we start. So, red light, how to be completely miserable. <laughs> red light number one, be unteachable. Some of y'all are like, man, I wish my brother was here to hear this. Oh, my husband stayed home today. He really needs us. You need it. That woke you up. All right. To, my pastor always used to talk about staying teachable. Just stay teachable. Always be open to continued growth. You don't have it all together. The two words that will stunt any progress, any growth in your life are I know. I know. I already know that. Oh, he's talking about the love of God again? I know that. Righteousness? I already know that. How many times are we going to use John 10.10 in a message? I know this. Or the Bible clearly says, that's one. That makes us unteachable. The Bible clearly says this. Well, there's things that I thought the Bible clearly said five years ago that I completely disagree with today. And if the Bible clearly says whatever you think the Bible clearly says, then why are there 38, literally 38,000 Christian denominations, and each one of them clearly think that the, the Bible clearly says everything that the other 37,999 denominations think that it clearly says, and we're all contradicting each other because we all think that we're right, and we're all, the, I know the Bible clearly says I'm done growing in this area. We have to remain teachable. Proverbs 12, verse 1, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. I know. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not calling you stupid. It's the Bible. <laughs> Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool. I love this stuff. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. If you really knew what you think you know, why aren't you experiencing it? 
<laughs> All right. I, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know that I don't know everything. Even the stuff that I think I know, I know that I don't know it to its fullest. Because I can look at my life and see results or lack of results. So when are we going to be humble enough, self-aware enough to say, I don't have it all together. And there's really no area that we're ever going to grasp the entirety of it. You can't measure infinity. We're always going to turn that diamond just a little bit and have a new experience. That's why it bothers me so much whenever people come out and bash other ministries and other churches and bash me especially. I don't like that at all. But the, it, it's, that's what your faith is producing? Judgment, criticism, hate, separation, division. Can you imagine Jesus coming up here and just calling out Joel Osteen for an entire message? Churches literally spend entire series bashing this guy. Clearly, he's a threat. He actually, I mean, I guess subconsciously, now that I say his name, it's, he has a book, Your Best Life Now, and now I'm saying Your Worst Life Now, so. The, I'm the Joel antithesis. If you really knew what you think you know, why aren't you experiencing it? Be honest with yourself. Be brutal with yourself. Be self-aware enough to know that you don't know. And that's why you're not experiencing it. So always be teachable. Always be teachable. Unless, of course, you want to live a miserable life. Then you're good. You've reached the pinnacle. Congratulations. You are so smart. That's sarcasm. You know it all. All right. Red light number one. Be unteachable. Red light number two. Drum roll, please. Somebody, y'all are good. There's one good. All right, drum roll, please. All right, if you <laughs> complain, complain. If you want to live your worst life now, just complain about everything. Amen. Woohoo! Complain that y'all don't respond enough. Um, <laughs> preaching to myself today. Uh, just complain about everything. And complaining doesn't mean, like, it's okay to acknowledge something that's going wrong. The definition of complain is the expression of dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. You can acknowledge that not everything's going according to plan, but whenever it affects you emotionally, that's when we've crossed the line. It's all right to acknowledge. We should acknowledge when things aren't going according to plan, but just don't let your emotions run amok. If you want to live your worst life now, just complain about everything. It's too hot. It's too cold. It rains too much. It's too dry. I'm tired. I can't sleep. I'm broke. I'm sick. My job sucks. He left the toilet seat up. She left her hair stuck to the shower wall. <laughs> she squeezes the toothpaste from the middle rather than just nicely rolling it to the end. 
that's not my president. Oh. <laughs> Just complaining about everything. And then you complain. We complain about people complaining. It's a vicious cycle. We need to realize that our current lives, regardless of where we are, there are people out there who would give anything to live the life that you're living right now. Your house, your job, your spouse, not me, not your spouse, but a spouse, kids, mm -mm. people would love to be in a, your situation. Why are we complaining about it? Cody and I, before church, we were talking about how weak we've gotten in our society. It's like I have my nice Tempur-Pedic mattress. I have this, like, I, uh, I'm embarrassed to tell you some of this. <laughs> my pillow is like this $140 pillow. It's cooling. It's very firm. I like a firm pillow. I got a pillow that I put between my knees. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. There's other nighttime rituals that I have, and if everything isn't lining up just right, oh, my back hurts. I'm stiff. Ah, you just complain. It's like, listen to what you just said. $140 pillow. They're a Tempur-Pedic. Spent way too much money on that thing. It is amazing, but... It's like if we stay in a hotel, it's like, oh, the bed. Ah. In our $200 hotel room, it's like, ugh. Philippians 2.14, live a cheerful life without complaining or division amongst yourself. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I love that. He says it twice. A phrase so nice, he says it twice. Rejoice in the world always. Not sometimes, not when everything's lined up, not when everything's just going perfectly. Always. Always rejoice in the Lord. Always rejoice in the Lord. I'm not trying to be condescending here. I'm telling you, these are red lights in our life that we don't even realize that we're doing. Let's acknowledge it. What are we complaining about? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. What about when the wife's nagging at me? Always. When the kids are crazy? Always. When work is hard? Always. When it's hot outside, always. When it's not raining for, seems like, forever, always. But if you want your worst life now, keep complaining. I'm having a lot of Selah moments today. I thought I just will just... So what was number one? Red light number one? Be unteachable. Red light number two, complain. Whew. Red light number three, drum roll, please. Whoa, be complacent. 
This is, not, this is my third and last point of the day. We're probably going to pick this up again next week. Woo, aren't you excited? But be complacent. Red light number three. If you want to live your worst life now, aim for nothing. Don't have a dream. Don't have a goal. Just be complacent. Coast. That's the safest route, right? That's what everyone else does. You just live your life. Because what if you stepped out and you failed? You might as well just fit into society without even thinking. It's probably just easier to coast. Or maybe coasting and being complacent and just fitting into society is actually a lot harder than it would be to step out on the water. Maybe if you saw the power that you possess and you realize that you're not alone and you step into something grand, what if you succeed? There's a lot of reasons why you could fail, but what if you don't? What if by stepping out and setting a goal and having a vision for your future, what if you step into it and that takes effort, but what if you succeed? What if that sets you free from all the chains that are binding you up right now, that eight to five or that the, the working for the man or, or whatever it might be, fill in the blank. If you want to live your worst life now, just keep on keeping on. Do what everyone else does. And that thing, when you fit right in, that might pay really well. But is it bringing you happiness and joy, kingdom life? Maybe it is. Maybe it has nothing to do with your career. Maybe it has something over here. Maybe your emotional life. Maybe if I ignore the problem, it'll just go away. But when the reality is, the longer you and you just cover it up, cover it up, it's just going to get infected and fester under the surface. And then it, at one point, it's going to explode. That problem's going to explode, and it's going to be a bigger mess to clean up than if you would have just... How do I say this kindly? Just done something. That's what I was going to say. Don't dream. Don't pursue. Set the bar low. I mean, who knows? Maybe a long lost loved one will pass away and leave you millions of dollars. That'd be amazing. That happened to a friend of mine. I was so upset grandmother died, left him like two million bucks. I'm like, all right, that's all right. When it was handed to him, I'll work for mine and it's going to be better. It'll be better. Um, you know, maybe something like that will happen. Maybe you'll win the lottery, strike it rich. Maybe you got to play it to win it. Everyone's like, if I won the lottery, I would. Have you ever bought it? I never bought a ticket. <laughs> I'm not telling you I'll go play a lottery. I'm just saying. Maybe a casino. I was going to tell a story, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not a big casino guy. Laura, she's got the gambling phone. <laughs> you got to keep her away from like Oklahoma and South Dakota and all those places. The old man will creep in. The old woman will creep in. Anyway, uh, so yeah, maybe, just maybe, some, something will just fall in your lap. Maybe the, the, the heaven will just open and just a pallet full of cash will fall in your living room floor. Amazing what would 
happen if we just wait on the Lord. You know the word in Hebrew, wait on the Lord, when in the Old Testament it talks about waiting on the Lord. That doesn't mean, that's not passive. And the word is kava in how we would translate it, Q-A-V-A. And it, it paints this picture of a rope and the strands of the rope being intertwined with each other. So when we're so intertwined with the heart of God, when we're so intertwined with the spirit of God, when we're so intertwined with our identity in him, knowing that we're in him, he's in us, and I'm not alone, and I'm walking through life, I'm not waiting, sitting on the couch, just waiting on God to move in my life. No, it's I am so intertwined in this relationship. I'm so deeply connected with who he is and who he's called me to be that I can't sit still anymore. I have to do something. There is a, a, there's something inside of me. I can't not move. I can't be complacent anymore. That's what waiting on the Lord is. This is not passive. This is very active because we are powerful. Maybe if, if, if we want to live an abundant life, maybe the man or woman of our dreams will just show up on our doorstep. Maybe, I mean, fill in the blank. The things that you want the most, are they just going to show up one day magically? That's not how life works. We have to renew our minds to these realities. We have to see ourselves differently. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there's no vision, the people perish. So if you want to perish, have no vision. His people are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If you're good, if you're happy, if you're killing it where you are with no vision, great. But I'm willing to bet, I'm not a betting man, as I said, but if I was, I'd put everything on the fact that every single person in this room are listening to this 10 years from now on YouTube, as we're millions of subscribers later, uh, there's an area that this applies and that we're not reaching our fullest potential because if you have all the money, maybe you're not as happy as you thought that money would bring. Maybe if you, if, I mean, just all over the place. We could, we could apply this to our health, our prosperity, our emotional life. But if you're just hoping things are gonna change by doing the things that you've always done, you're going to be hoping a long time. That's called wishful thinking, and that produces no fruit. So let's wake up. This is a red light. I am complacent in this area of my life, or maybe I'm complacent across the board. I'm just punching a time clock. I'm going through the motions. I'm a robot living the American dream, and I'm good enough. But I can't go on the vacations I want to go on. I can't, I, I can't express my love in, in whatever way. I can't give people a, a goal that I have. This is where I'm at with this. I'm not there, but I, a goal or a vision that I believe God's placed on the inside of me is I want to buy people, I want to buy someone a car. You can't get to work? Your car broke down? Here's a brand new car. Not some old beater, but I have to have it in order to give it. And the good thing is, God's given me exceedingly, abundantly, more than I could ask or think. And if I could just stop being complacent and wrap my mind around the power that I possess and God's heart behind my life and the purpose in my life, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find that prosperity. I'm going to find that ability to be the biggest giver anybody knows. That's a vision that I have but I can't give what I don't have. Maybe your vision's different. Where there's no vision, the people perish. 
If you want to perish, don't seek, don't knock, don't ask, just hope. That's what most people do. Hope. No action, no expectation, just hope. But knowing that you're loved, knowing that you're powerful, knowing that you're the possessor of the kingdom, knowing you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, that should launch you forward. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be something small right now. And then those little things, the things that seem kind of big and kind of difficult right now, and they're, but they're very small throughout the day. Last week, we talked about the little things, paying attention to the little things. Well, then as you continuously do this over months and months and years and years, the things that, that are little, they're still little in the amount of work involved from your end. But those little things are going to be massive. The person that you are today can't even imagine what those little steps will look like 10 years in the future. But it'll feel like so small at that point because you've lived a life in pursuit of greatness. Not in pursuit of God. You have him. We used to take our youth group when we were youth pastors to the, this conference in Colorado Springs. And they'd always say, we're raising up a generation in desperate pursuit of God. And we'd still go, even though I'm like, desperate pursuit of God, he's there. What are you pursuing? He's already here. We're not pursuing God. We're, we're renewing our mind that he is with us, that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. His spirit indwells in me. I'm in, intertwined like a rope with his spirit. And now I'm not in pursuit of him. I'm in pursuit of the purpose he's placed me on this planet for. I'm in pursuit of living on earth as it is in heaven. That's my pursuit. Not this. We're this. We're already here. That, when you know all this, You'll start to expect abundance rather than hope for it. You'll step out on the water knowing you'll stay afloat. Or you can live your worst life now and take the path of least resistance. Keep lying to yourself, trying to convince yourself that everything is fine. I'm good enough. There's a saying, good is the enemy of great. Good produces complacency. Don't you think there's more? There is more. That's, I'm answering it for you. There is more. You could be a billionaire sitting in this church. We're so happy you came this morning, by the way. Amen. And uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> there's still more. There's always more. You can't measure infinity. Life and death are set before you. Red lights and green lights. Which one are you going to choose? God's given you a green light. The issue isn't on God's end. You are made for greatness. You are powerful. So you can decide today that these three red lights are a thing of the past. So be being unteachable complaining, being complacent. Those are in our past. Those are things we're going to start working on here. Because all that stuff is true. These are just red lights along the way. These are slowing you down. These are stopping you completely. And these are just three. Don't worry. There'll be plenty more that we'll talk about. Keep learning. Keep rejoicing. 
and dream big, and you'll begin stepping into a life that's exceedingly, abundantly great, exceedingly, abundantly greater than you could ever ask or think. Amen?